Hey everyone, welcome to Reformed Podmatics, hosted by the pastors of Almond Valley Christian Reformed Church in Ripon, California. It's Pastor Mark Van Dyke and Pastor Zach Dewey, and this podcast exists to promote the vibrant, biblical, and historically informed face of Reformed theology, both in our context and beyond. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Reformed Podmatics. I am Pastor Mark. And I'm Pastor Zach. And uh, we thank you for joining us for another episode here where we um, think biblically, think in a Reformed way, hopefully, about uh, matters concerning the Church, concerning Christianity today. And uh, we're going to dig into um, an issue today that is very much related to a lot of things that are happening in broader Christian culture and in the Christian Reformed Church and if you were to look at the title of today's episode, it would seem really theological, um, but I think that we're going to do a lot of practical theology today. And um, basically, I, I want to give a, the backstory maybe behind the, uh, the topic, and then that would help people understand where we're going to go. Hmm. So uh, this isn't a synod episode per se, but it is based on a lot of the conversations, the the ideas that were were shared from the floor of Synod and in some of the conversations that have followed after Synod. And uh, basically, Zach and I noticed that there are two different ways of talking about um, sexuality, about ethics, about church membership, about what it means to be Reformed, or even what it means to be a Christian. And um, those two perspectives were definitely on display at Synod. And um, just bluntly, I would put them in two camps. I would say there is this group that really emphasize, emphasizes, constantly talks about the image of God in every person, the dignity of every person, uh, the value of every every person, and so therefore every person is, is worthy of uh, dignity and care and fellowship. And um, the church is about seeing the image of God in every person. Recognizing the image of yeah, God. Yeah, recognizing that in, in other people. And that being the essentially the foundational um, theology and, and also the goal of the church is this image of God, um, seeing that in people and uh, honoring that. Hmm. Uh, and meanwhile, I would say many... Many others who who certainly would subscribe to this image of God theology and and affirm it would really put the emphasis on conversion, and so uh, this also was on display in the HSR itself and also mm-hmm. in many of the comments that came on the floor of synod and a lot of comments that have come on blogs and social media posts afterwards, where the foundation of the church is the work of Christ and what he has done in saving us from hell, in forgiving our sin. It's a, uh, I would call the regeneration camp. And so um, you have there broad evangelicalism really puts a lot of emphasis on being, becoming a Christian, putting your faith in Jesus, being forgiven of your sin. Hmm. And uh, you really saw these two camps talking past each other, I would say, in a lot of ways, during both on the floor of Synod 
and it happens a lot in, uh, for example, the um, uh, the comments on blogs that are written, uh, where people are approaching the mission of the church and the message of the church in very different ways, and I would say in those two camps. Yeah, I, I think a lot of this use of the image of God doctrine, which we want to be absolutely clear, we believe in oh, this doctrine, absolutely. we love it, this doctrine, it's this doctrine essential. is foundational yeah, yeah. to the Christian faith and to the Christian view of what it means to be human, um, and we'll get into that maybe in a little bit. But I think the way that it has, it has been used uh, in our denomination and, and elsewhere is it really fits and correlates well with what the philosopher Charles Taylor has called the age of authenticity that we live in, or the culture of authenticity, where the highest good is really being ourselves. Uh, this has also been called expressive individualism, uh, where what what the highest calling of every human it is is to search deep within their hearts, figure mm-hmm. out who they are without anybody having any influence over who they express themselves to be, and then expressing this to the world uh, without any in, in, in inhibitedness, mm-hmm. uh, without without st- uh, any um, barriers, just yeah, expressing or yeah. and just being, being yourself and absolutely being, quote-unquote, authentic. You do you, you be you. Uh, this sort of way of living. And so in this age, it makes sense that a doctrine such as the image of God has been highlighted by people who, for the most part, agree with that uh, sort of ethical vision. And so if you, if God has created you and he's created you in the image of God, therefore you are, you, and you're good, you're created good by God. Of course, they want to emphasize uh, the goodness of God's creation in Genesis 1 and 2. Then, if but if this becomes your fundamental understanding of what Christianity is all about, Christianity therefore becomes a means to the end of better expressing yourself, better being who you are, and therefore requiring everybody else to recognize your dignity and your goodness as a creature because you're you're inherently good because the logic follows that you are. You are made in the image of God, and therefore we should all recognize mm-hmm. your inherent goodness and celebrate it. See it all, all of the different parts of who you are as a gift. Mm-hmm. All your life decisions and choices, um, and the way you live your life, all ought to be celebrated and encouraged because you're made in the image of God. You were, you were deserve full dignity, and so the church's job then is to come around people, come alongside people and encourage them, and help them to really express themselves as they truly are, and never to tell them what what, what they're doing is sinful or is displeasing to God. Uh, and so this is the image of God camp, as we're calling it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so it starts with a good doctrine. Totally. Yeah. But it gets used in really interesting ways. Uh, and I think it's good also to point out that there's different... Uh, ways that this gets used. It's not not always couched with image of God language. Mm-hmm. It can often be children of God language, uh, it's, but it's used in the exact same way. Uh, you are made by God, and therefore you deserve full dignity, and that full dignity is a kind of dignity where you are never called out, never told what you're doing is wrong, but everything that you do is celebrated and to be encouraged, so long as it fits with the sort of moral orthodoxy of 
the cultural age in which we live. Yeah, and I think a lot of those people in that camp embrace doctrines of regeneration and um, salvation through Christ, but um, but really keep at the center um, that imperative to treat other people as image bearers of God. Yeah, um, al- almost as if that is the main mission of the church, and it's good that people uh, trust in Jesus. Um, and so I, I think in the Christian Reformed Church, I think in our context, there there is still the call to faith. There's the call to repentance. Mm-hmm. Even um, amongst those who are uh, yeah, in this sort of camp. Who are firmly in that camp. Totally. But um, the main message, if one were to, to hear, like, uh, listen through the Synod conversations, was um, really what the Church should be doing is building community for image bearers of God, treating people with respect, um, making people aware of their worth. That's a big, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. And we have to talk in a way that will affirm the worth of people, which, yeah. hey, that's, again, a good impulse. That, that's a great thing for the church right. to be doing. Um, but with that often comes a, a, just a, a slight twisting into, therefore, we cannot say this about people that would be hurtful to mm-hmm. them and or to their self-image. This is this goes back to the conversation had at Synod, and I guess now we're basically turning this episode into yeah. well, we'll get into some s- other Synod response yeah. <laughs> uh, that we said we wouldn't do, but hey, here we are. Um, that's a this is a broad cultural thing, though. I think it is, and it's too. and Synod just kind of just brought it to the fore. Yeah. And as you said, it's not just Synod that we're responding to. Uh, there, there, we've seen lots of discussions taking place in response to Synod. Uh, with different blog articles and different things going on on the pastor's page and what have you, um, but this is it, it's it's very common and it it is happening. Yeah. Um, and so. Yeah, but um, it, what of it the needs um, to be spoken to? And and I guess the, just the point of this episode, as we <laughs> kind of lay things out ten minutes in now, is um, <laughs> is we want to embrace that good theology of. The imago, the imago dei of the image of God in every person, yeah. while also um, embracing the the theology which is very reformed of the call to faith, the call to repent, mm-hmm. the call to be born again in Christ. And so, um, I, I suppose we want to say, if one sees themselves only in one camp, the regeneration group, the evangelical group, and not in the imago dei group, then they probably need to hear from the yeah. image of God folks a little bit more to recognize how people are going to feel about these oh, doctrines, man. and that's okay. It's good to consider that. Um, and the image of God folks, um, I would say, if, if that is kind of where they start and stop, um, especially getting into social justice matters, mm-hmm. well, we do social justice because people are made in the image of God, and that's kind of where we start and stop in our theology yeah. um, without the call to repentance and faith in Christ as being the mission of the Church. Um, they're, they're not Reformed. They're not—we'll uh, detail here yeah. why, uh, why we believe that. They're falling away from the confessions and, um, and from the scriptural mandate. Um, for example, I mean, Jesus says— you cannot see the hmm. kingdom of God unless you are born again. Yeah. And that's John 3, verse 3. And that's not just a, 
a quote out of context. Then he goes into great detail with Nicodemus there, and the Apostle Paul goes into great detail about what that looks like, what that Mm -hmm. means. Um, But the call to repentance, um, the work of the Spirit of regeneration in a person's life is... That's our message. That that's yeah. um, that's the reformed message of the gospel: is that Christ is making people new. The old is gone, and the new has come. And so, um, we don't we don't want to necessarily cast out those who are really focused on the image of God. It's a great doctrine that we hold highly. Um, but if that's where it starts and stop, I guess is the purpose of this episode. One is not reformed. One is neglecting large portions of Scripture. Yeah, that's absolutely right. We need to uphold and affirm this doctrine of the image of God because it is absolutely crucial. And as we look through the life of the church throughout history, uh, it's been a crucial doctrine, especially in fighting for uh, the protection of people, especially those who are on the margins. So a good example of this would be the abolitionist movement um, of the 18th century, um, and and following, and even to this day, this is still one of the strongest things in Western culture, mm-hmm. this doctrine, in helping us to fight against things like racism or institutional slavery. Or abortion. Um, or, or abortion. Yep. Um, and so we absolutely need to uphold it. The issue is that the image of God is not the only thing that's true about us, the fact that we are made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. We're also fallen creatures. We are stained by sin. We are marred by sin. Sin has has corrupted us um, in a way that is ineradicable, uneradicable, is that the right word? <laughs> uh, without God's gracious uh, intervention uh, in what he has done in coming to us and giving Christ to us, that we may be united to him. And so what I think is often overlooked of those in what we're calling the image of God camp is the effects of sin um, and the need for for salvation, the need for uh, sin to be dealt with in a way that the image of God, which we're born with, is restored. Um, grace restores nature. That is one of the true points of the Reformed faith. Mm. Uh, grace uh, restores how we were created. Uh, it doesn't perfect nature. That would be a more Catholic way of looking at it. Um, it. But it restores nature. So we are created good, but we have fallen and been we've fallen into corruption. And now grace restores that image of God and helps us to image Him better to the world. Mm. And so we want. To we were created very good, uh, and w- we are very good. Uh, we are worthy, and we are uh, we are God's creatures, and so there's there's a special dignity mm-hmm. um, that we all have. But we have fallen, and we need that sin to be dealt with uh, by a gracious God. Yeah, and uh, t- to give you an example of what this looks like, we have uh, <laughs> Zach went through synod um, videos and so forth, and. Um, I went about I, th- through an hour and a half. Yeah, there was a lot more. We, that we I could missed. probably summarize the argument of the image of God camp by saying there were many who came to the floor and basically said, "I know these people. They're made in God's image. They're wonderful people. They're children of God. Children of God. They they deserve 
to be a part of our churches. Yeah. Because they're made in the image of God, they deserve to be a part of the church. There's a there's a pretty big leap there. Um, yeah. And, and it, it neglects the need for regeneration. It neglects the need for repentance and faith. So mm-hmm. um, uh, after Synod, uh, a lot of material has been produced, um, blogs, social media posts, and the one that's getting a lot of attention right now is a, uh, an article called Stewing Over Synod by the Christian Reformed Church historian Jim Bratt, and it's on Reformed Journal, and um, you could read it, I suppose, but I, I wouldn't really recommend it. It's, uh, it's garbage, um, just to be honest, uh, the, the article. I'm a part um, of the Koo Boys, though. Yeah, I'm right, you are. Now. I you didn't are even now. know it, but I'm a part of a gang. It, it has some pejorative terms for people who pushed the um, human sexuality report through. I thought you were going to say for people who pushed the yes vote on recommendation two. Of yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the more precise. But anyways, there's this article, very scathing, very... Uh, very hard against the HSR and those who voted for it. And in the comments are very interesting. And so I'm going to read one of the comments that perfectly typifies this image of God camp. Um, Somebody wrote, God's word is clear. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made. And there is nothing that can separate us from the grace and amazing love of God and Jesus Christ. So uh, you can, there in one sentence is, a representation of this theology, I think, yeah. where where people will say, because we are fearful and wonderfully made, because we're made in God's image, because we're all God's children, you'd hear that a lot in some other denominations, like the more liberal denominations, mm-hmm. progressive ones like PCUSA, Anglican. Which is really um, slippery language, right. usually. In because the way it's we're used. all God's children, um, we deserve to be members of churches. Um, and this 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 person had said, because we're fearfully and wonderfully made, nothing can separate us from the grace and amazing love of God and Jesus Christ. So there you have, um, maybe the person doesn't realize and they're writing it, but a rejection of the doctrine of total depravity, um, a a rejection of the doctrine of the need for regeneration and um, the filling of the Holy Spirit, a special work, a special salvation that is for believers. Um, and is is worked out, of course, in the rest of our lives, but is is a gift of God. It, it's it's the regenerate person who will never be separated from the love of God that is ours in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Um, it is it is not every person who has ever lived because they have been made in God's image who will never be separated from the love of God that is ours yeah. in Christ Jesus. Our sin does separate us from right. from God because God is holy. And he does not permit or allow sin in his presence. Uh, this is why whenever a vision of God is recorded, there's usually great fear and trembling in Scripture. Uh, a good example would be Isaiah, in Isaiah 6, his yeah. vision of the Lord in his temple. Uh, Woe is me, uh, for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips, says Isaiah. That is the common response of a human being in the presence of a holy God. Yep. Um and so our sin uh, is intolerable to God. It must be dealt with. And so to say that, yeah, because I'm, I'm a child of God and I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, uh, Psalm 139, mm-hmm. uh, this, to say that that is what makes us inseparable from God uh, is not true. And in fact, this language of being children of God is 
interesting biblically. Uh, yeah. There's, to my knowledge, there's not a whole lot of usage of that exact terminology. Children. Well, Jesus of God. said that but, not everyone is a child. Right. Of God. So, uh, John one, uh, verse eleven and twelve. Jesus says this. He it, it says John yeah. says this about Jesus. He came to his own, and his own people did not accept him. Uh, but as many as received him, as those who believed upon him, to them he gave the, them the right to become children of God, mm-hmm. to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So those who are born of God bear the title. He, they have the right bestowed upon them of being children of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's those people in particular who have the blessings of being the children of God. Or we, we can think of Romans 8, where the Spirit bears witness to us that we are adopted as sons of God, as children of God. Uh, I think sons is, is good language there because it, it has a lot of meaning, especially in the first century, uh, as being heirs, heirs to a kingdom. Uh, but the idea of children to God is not just something that is generically true. It's it's confused with image of God, right? I think you it's could say in, maybe in some generic sense, all people are children of God in that they are born in the image of God. Yeah. Uh, but to say that they are savingly children of God, and that and that because they are children of God, uh, they're allowed to have all the benefits and blessings. That's not not quite right. Um, it's it's being really tricky with that that language of children with God and using it in ways that are quite suspect. Yeah, and Jesus said to the Pharisees, "You're children of Satan. You're not you're not Abraham's children." Um, and so that some people, what what <laughs> that doesn't sound like something nice Jesus would say, um, yeah. but that is something the Bible records him as saying. Um, if, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God, and now I'm here. And then uh, he continues, um, but you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. So um, he says that specifically to the Pharisees, and um, I, I think that we can be careful. And uh, So we're, we're not right now making bold pronouncements of all the people who are and are not born again, or who are and are not born. Um, belonging in the invisible church. But what we are saying is there there must be a distinction, especially in Reformed theology, between uh, image of God language and who belongs in the church, who is a member of the church, who is a child of God adopted into God's family through Christ. So um, just recognizing that there is a distinction between a child of God, one who is born again, one who is regenerate, and a non-believer, um, an unregenerate person, um, has to be done at times in the church. In fact, I think one of the purposes of preaching Absolutely. is to help people ask that question, am I born again? Um, right. I, I, I try to do that about once a month, is to give people a, a, a clear like, question to ask. And even this past Sunday evening, um, my question in the, to that regard was... Um, do I sit in judgment of God's word, or do I allow God's word to judge me and all my life? Yeah. Um, am I critical of God's word, or is it actually going to rebuke me? That's a mark of, uh, it's, a, it's a dividing line between somebody who is born again, is going to receive the rebuke of the word, or somebody who is not born again, who sits in judgment of the word of God. So um, 
this has to happen in a church, but uh, I would say, unfortunately, these this camp, the image of God camp, you would be very unlikely to hear words like hell or even heaven um, or salvation. Uh, biblical terms that are essential for us to understand. Um, there, there's going to be less of that call to faith, repent and, and believe. You know, all you uh, repent and believe in Jesus Christ in His name, um, and and you would be less likely to hear that and more likely to hear, go and treat your neighbor with kindness. Go and build the kingdom of God. Hmm. Um, go be a part of what God is doing in the world because everyone's made in his image, we must treat people with dignity. Um, that is, those are all true uh, calls that right. we should do, um, but but that is not the telos, that is not the the essence of the Christian message um, right. completely. Yeah, just being nice and yeah, being good to The call to moral living and treating people right. with dignity. Yeah. That's a, a small part of it. Um, yeah, it's an it's a it's an implication of the gospel right. is to treat people as image bearers of God. That's something that yeah, comes from being born, born again, again for good works. Yeah, yeah, but it is not the gospel itself. Is to is all people are made in God's image. Yeah, and they're full and, stop. And I think what you're saying about wondering and, and examining ourselves whether or not we are regenerate is is a good thing. Paul tells us to do just that in Second yeah. Corinthians thirteen. Verse 5, he says, test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Yep. Examine yourselves. Um, and so, yeah, we are to do that. We are to be asking that question. Uh, and this, this I think, comes down to this, this discussion. We should really be asking two questions. At least this is how I, I, I've thought about this as we've prepared for this episode, Mark. Uh, first question is, what does one's being made in the image of God merit them? What what rights ought yeah. to be bestowed on somebody because they're born in the image of God? Um, and this is where it's it's a it's a pretty easy answer, but b it, it, get, it does get quite complex. So the answer to it, I think, of course, is things like respect, dignity, yeah. love. These are all things that are are merited for every person because or every person deserves because they're born in the image of God. And so this is regardless of your race, your creed, your sexuality, uh, your nationality, your ability or disabilities, everybody is created in God's image and therefore deserving of a, a high measure um, of respect and care and dignity yeah. and truth. Yeah, John says in First John, how can you love God? Um, right. When you don't love people who are made in his image, um, yeah, yeah, that's so, a huge problem. Yeah. And so we have to, if if you if you don't love people who are made in his image, and so yeah. the question though then sort of comes out of this is well, what is respect, dignity, love? Uh, what does it mean to care for someone? What does it mean to show to show dignity or respect? What does it mean to tell the truth to someone? Uh, all these things are 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 merited by being born in God's image. And the issue is that it's often seen, as we've been saying, the image of God camp says that, yeah, because we're all made in God's image, you must treat somebody with dignity and respect, and therefore you must affirm them, whatever they, however they decide yeah. to live, and that's what dignity and res- showing dignity and respect is. It means celebrating, affirming, and recognizing them for who they are and applauding them for being just that. Um, Whereas the Christian says, actually, no, showing dignity, respect, love, care uh, to these people, it it doesn't mean 
just applauding them in yep. whatever lifestyle. And so there's a certain telos. And who gets to decide what showing dignity yep. really is? Yep. Um, and that's a huge debate that I don't think gets gets asked in these kinds of discussions. Um, it's assumed that showing respect and dignity looks only one way when actually there's even a disagreement on what hmm. what that looks like. The other question then is, uh, what does one's being made in the image of God not merit them? Um, it merits them all of these things, and it merits them for every human being who's ever lived and who, who does live and whoever will live. But what does it not merit you? And as we've been saying, I, th- I think the answer is it doesn't merit you entrance into God's church or into God's kingdom. It doesn't in- merit you fellowship among the saints or communion at the Lord's table or the celebration of all of your life choices. Um, it merits us, us to speak the truth to you yeah. and to say, look, you are a valuable creature because you are made in God's image. And therefore, I need to speak the truth and tell you that you are sin in sin and that you you need to repent and you need to turn from your sin and know the Lord so that the image of God in you can be restored and that you can be who God has created you mm-hmm. to be. Uh, sin is not who you truly are. And this is the call of the gospel to repent and to turn and believe in Christ by faith, to follow him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength to love him with those things, mm. and to follow him as Lord. Um, and th- so that is the the big distinction, I think, that needs to be made. What does the image of God merit you and not merit you? Yeah. That's, yeah. I think, a big part of this conversation. Well, and, and to give this group their due, I think it's a reaction against the evangelical, so to speak, re- regeneration camp that can simplify the gospel so much so that it's just about being forgiven and going to heaven someday. Right, totally. And and so I raised my hand at the church when I was 14, and <laughs> they prayed. I prayed the prayer, and, yeah. and then I'm just sort of set. I'm on my way. My, my ticket is punched to heaven, and I can pretty much live however I want. I, I don't know how many people are actually living in that way. I, I, there are some. I've met some before. I worked with some people at at um, yeah. Sporting Goods store who totally thought that way. I was baptized, they said, right. and so yeah. I'm good to go. I don't have to go to church it's anymore. pretty much like pop religion, um, yeah, pop Yeah, civil religion is very much that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is that American evangelical simplification of the gospel as being just about going to heaven someday. And so the image of God folks are reacting against that by saying, no, we we're called to live morally and to love our neighbors who are made in God's image and um, seek justice for them, uh, be merciful to them, care about things that matter to other people because they're made in God's image. And and so um, I think that they are reacting against something that is wrong in mm-hmm. in American theology, broadly speaking. Um, but the, the the issue comes where it just stops there. Uh, the the reaction ends up pushing people uh, so far away from what is wrong in, e- in American evangelicalism yeah. that they end up moving away from a Reformed Christian message at all, uh, li- like in a quote like that, that basically says, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and therefore nothing can separate us from God's grace. Mm-hmm. That's not Christianity, actually. Right. Um, and certainly it is not Reformed Christianity, which... Recognizes in our sin nature, we are totally depraved um, by nature. I hate God and my neighbor, says Q and A five of the Catechism, 
And so how am I to be reconciled? Of course, it's through Christ, through belief in his yeah. name. Um, yeah, and, why did Jesus yeah. come? What exactly. was the mission? Was it just to show God's love? And uh, so that that's actually an interesting question that you asked, yeah. because that was even debated a little bit um, in the Christian Reformed Church recently, where uh, the, the HSR states um, that the heart of the gospel is repentance and the call to faith in Jesus. Now, there was a classis, classis Toronto, that took issue with that, saying... No, the heart of the gospel is the love of God. So it's not about rep- us repenting and, and putting faith in Jesus and the work that Christ has done for us and saving us from the penalty of sin, hell. It, the, the, the heart of the gospel is love of God for people. And so, yeah. yeah, there's some truth to that. The heart of the gospel, there is love. God's, God so loved the world. Um, but God did not so love the world because we were lovable. He so loved the world in grace um, and saved us through Christ. So, yeah, despite um, everything, I, I think uh, it's just missing something. It's a great doctrine, God's uh, the, the image of God, but it, it's so often missing that that call to repent and believe. So, hmm. um, I, I would suppose um, we could also think of maybe some of the the. Uh, the errors within the regeneration camp that we've seen. I think that it probably is the big one, is um, simplifying the gospel to the point of just repent and believe, and then we'll move on to the next convert that we're working on. Yeah, and the one of the issues with this with the regeneration camp, you could say, and, and I think a lot of this goes back to Genesis 2 and 3, mm-hmm. image of God camp so emphasizes Genesis 2, the being made in the image of God, I guess in Genesis one too. Yeah, one twenty-seven. Yeah, um, the goodness of creation that they mm-hmm. de-emphasize and then overlook the fallenness of creation, where that, it's sort of flip-flopped on the regeneration side, as if we're all just <laughs> total worms, yeah. we're scum, Absolute we're worthless. Yeah. We're, there's nothing good about us. And so we just need God to come and save us because we're just we're just there's nothing good. Then we got to get away from the earth. We're, and we're so go to heaven someday. It, ha- yeah, it has a very Gnostic tendency. Yeah, yep. we have to I'll we have to get away. rescued and get out of here. <laughs> the the earth is going to be burned up. So goes the reading of what Peter has said. Um, and so hey, it's all going to hell in a pan basket anyway. We're just trying to get that escape uh, yeah. vehicle and get out of here. And Jesus is that escape pod or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'll and, fly away. And so that, and, yeah. and that leads, you know, that kind of, that this all fits very well with dispensationalism, mm. uh, which is kind of the, the default American evangelical viewpoint of salvation. Salvation really means getting out of here uh, mm. and no longer being here, having no, no real earthly purpose. Um, and and that's where I think Reformed theology does speak very resoundingly. Yeah. Uh, to say no, you you should have a, an earthly purpose. Um, this is something I think that the even the progressive wing of the CRC at, at least they're getting that right. I think that they overemphasize this and make the Christian faith all about moralistic, being good, helping people, and being nice. But uh, they do at least see that that yes. We should have we should be of earthly good, of earthly value to and blessing to those around us. I think that's that's absolutely true, but it's more than than just that. It's absolutely not less than that, but it's it's mm-hmm. more than that. Yeah, and we see this in a lot of places. So 
um, we t- we've used the word telos a few times in this conversation. Telos Important meaning word. what is the end goal? What is what is the direction the church is, the trajectory, you might say? Um, what is this all about? Yeah. Uh, what's the goal? The aim. Yeah, yeah, the aim of Christianity, even the aim of the world and God's creation. Of course, the the telos of creation is the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Um, but even there, what does that mean? Uh, I think there are many in the image of God camp uh, that that see the, the telos of the church as to love people and um, mm-hmm. show people that they are, are valued, are, are dig- deserve dignity. Um, created with a purpose. Yeah, here, here's an example of that. Um, there's been a large shift in the last 15 years in how people think about church planting. And so... Mm. How? What does it mean to plant a church, and why do we want to plant churches? Is it to preach the gospel so that people might be saved, that they might not go to hell, and that they would be in heaven someday um, with God, glorifying him forever? And along with that, loving people, uh, doing things in community and so forth. But the main foundational purpose is to preach the gospel, the means of grace. Yeah. Um, or is church planting about community building? You know, showing people that they matter, uh, valuing community, building communities, healthy communities, turning things around in communities where mm. it, it seems like people don't really recognize their their own worth. Um, hey, that, that's great if that is happening and if um, nonprofit organizations are involved in that kind of activity. Wonderful, great work that they're doing. But that is not the telos of the church, is to yeah. build community um, because people are made in the image of God, mm-hmm. um, the, the the purpose of the church is to preach the gospel in season and out of season. Yeah, it sometimes can seem as though church planting is like it's it's done in the in the way that opening a new business is opened up, where it's like it's a business that's going to just bring joy and life yeah. and uh, tighter bonds in the community. And there's businesses like this, like a coffee shop, right? Yeah. A coffee shop. Um, can be a blessing to a community. Having a nice coffee shop people can go to, they can have good conversations, it can be a place where there maybe there's some refreshing uh, live music or, yeah. or what have you. It brings people together, the it strengthens hub. the bond yeah. of the community. Yeah. Um, and so it's a, yeah, it's a cool place. And so a lot of church planting is done, it seems to me, just as an outsider looking in, I'm not a church planter, uh, but it seems that that's the, kind of the intention is we just want to be a place where we can bless the community, uh, help the community be strengthened. Uh, yeah. We want to, we want to kind of come alongside the community is the language we want to, um, and the, empower it, the community. Yeah. And that, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, yeah. there are worse things to be doing. Sure. Uh, that's sure. for sure. Um, but it's really not the, the main vision and hope. Those are all things that I think are good hopes for a church to become, yeah. but it should be more than that. Again, it should be about the main thing. Uh, it should be about Jesus Christ who came into the world to save sinners. Uh, for us and for our salvation, says the creed, he came down from heaven and was made man. Yeah. Uh, that was the whole point of it. And so we need to be witnessing to that truth. Uh, we need to make all of what we do um, uh, work in an effort to make that message of the good news known that there is one who came to save sinners like me and like you and like everyone else anybody who's listening to this <laughs> uh, yeah 
Well, and um, we, we've said a, a couple times also that it is particularly reformed to elevate the need for regeneration. And um, you, you see this really clear in all three of the confessions. Um, oh, absolutely. Heidelberg Catechism, Q&A 5, I've already qu- quoted, talks about our need for regeneration. By nature, I hate God and my neighbor. We believe that, actually, mm-hmm. in the Christian Reformed Church. That's the, the doctrine of total depravity. Um, and it's, it's part of the doctrine of total depravity, I should say. It's a big doctrine, but um, that's, that's at its core. By nature, I am running away from God. Yeah, that's fallen nature. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, you find in the Belgian Confession, Article 23, um, a really interesting statement um, that I think needs to be core to every church. Um, we believe that our blessedness lies in the forgiveness of our sins because of Jesus Christ. And so... Uh, there, Guido de Bray is is saying mm. our the 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 center of our blessedness is in being forgiven of our sins, um, not in being affirmed. So it's almost the opposite in a lot of ways of being affirmed. It's being yeah. being re- recognizing that we're we're not right, we're yeah. not well, um, we're dead, and we have our our sins forgiven because of Jesus Christ. That's where our blessedness lies. Yeah. And so therefore that's how the church blesses people is to proclaim the forgiveness of sins through Christ. And it's it's really in the canons of Dort I would say the most of the mm-hmm. three confessions the, oh, for sure, the yeah. call for regener the, the, to be born again um the 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 good news of God's work of regeneration and how that is the message of the church and in canons of Dort part 2 article 5 um it is the promise of the gospel that whoever believes in Christ crucified shall not perish but have eternal life. This promise, together with the command to repent and believe, ought to be announced and declared without differentiation or discrimination to all nations and people to whom God, in his good pleasure, sends the gospel. So there is the, the mission of the church. It's, it's right there alongside the Great Commission, um, and it's right there alongside what Jesus said about himself. I've come into the world to give my life as a ransom for many, yeah, and uh, and so uh, hopefully uh, that is maybe a bit corrective. If any listeners are um, maybe attending churches that are uh, at times, I would say, just to be honest, watering down the gospel so that it becomes more about social matters, uh, community building, um, affirming people and making them feel feel good. Uh, that that is not the main message of the church. Um, of course, we we do want people to feel good when they leave church because they've been forgiven of their sin. Yeah, the they've blessedness been... of forgiveness. Exactly, and so um, uh, we see this in a number of places. And uh, I don't know any any others that come to mind that you can think of where uh, maybe you've seen the regeneration group airing in some way or the. Uh, yeah, I think both groups are very prone. To error, and that's because of original sin. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, brings right, us back right. to this whole this whole thing. Sure. Um, I, I think we've done a fairly decent job yeah. of critiquing the regeneration side, which is, I think, obviously the side that we would both fall on. Sure. Um, and but I, you know, we have been critiquing both sides, and we, we've been critiquing the other side. And so, I would lo- love to hear mm, yeah. critique uh, if anybody wants to respond. I mean, we're we're responding to things we've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't mean this to be the end of the conversation because we are the ones with the microphones. Um, 
Maybe we need to create a better forum, Mark, for people yeah, interacting yeah. with not just us, but with each other. Uh, maybe that could be our Facebook page if we put more work into it. I'm just thinking out loud well, here. And uh, to, to that point, uh, to listeners, um, let us know, um, particularly where you're from. We've had some really interesting statistics that we've been made aware of. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Different countries but, people are listening to. It, it is amazing. Uh, obviously, the vast majority of listeners are in the United States. And then um, Canada is number two. And even within Canada, the large majority is from Ontario, which I find very interesting. Um, hmm. I've been to Sarnia, Ontario, and preached at a church there, but that's as far gone as, as I've ever gone into Ontario, <laughs> which is about three miles. Um, it's that, that church in Sarnia, right near uh, Michigan. Sarnia. It sounds, um, like it sounds like Narnia. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and then British Columbia, I've spent lots of time in. We're going there next week. Um, but uh, let us know. Um, we've, we've, we're thankful for our listeners far and wide, uh, Simon Veenstra and um, Christina and um, other people who have uh, emailed us. And um, some more from, local people, of course. Yes, lots of local people also. But um, I, I texted Zach, and as we start to wrap things up here with some, <laughs> some potpourri, um, uh, and, and asked the, uh, the trivia question, um, who is our third largest which country has our third largest listenership over the past year? Um, I could not figure that one out. Yeah. I, I guessed, and I was I was incorrect. And so what was it, Mark? Well, I actually am going to not say the name of the country because I think there's oh, yeah. th- there's intense persecution in this country, very intense persecution of Christians in this country, and it is. I don't, I don't know how yeah. things are monitored actually. So I will say it is a nation with a green flag whose initials are S-A, and it is located in southwestern Asia. Um, And so uh, if you know that this nation with a green flag and Arabic writing, and there's a sword on it, and its initials are S-A, that is our third largest listenership, um, around 140 downloads that we've had from this country. And after that, it's the Philippines, um, more than 100 downloads from the Philippines. And so um, really cool... uh, kind of facts, I guess, uh, that we share as we, we start to wrap things up. But um, lots of listeners also in the United Kingdom and Australia, obviously because of the English language um, connection there, I'm sure. Um, but uh, we, we do thank you for continuing to join us. And, and we're curious to hear, maybe we've been um, unfair towards one camp in the Christian Reformed Church, but I think that we, we have tried to to distill things down to their essence. And I think that that is getting to the Hmm. essence of the conversation. There are those who just want to affirm the image of God in people and who have lost out a little bit on the call to repentance and faith in Jesus as a necessary thing happening in the church. And then there are those also who focus perhaps only and exclusively on the, uh, the call to repentance and faith and don't always love neighbor maybe hmm. even in in how that is communicated um as the bible calls us to yeah so. i think satan makes war on the image of god um he hates it and wants to destroy it and that's what sin does i think sin uh is destructive not that it yeah. can ever be eradicated it cannot yeah. no sinner is too far gone uh but the whole point of christ's coming is to rescue us and to restore that image so we reflect him and give glory to him in our lives with all that we do 
uh, in thought, word, and in deed. And so it's really important to recover and to maintain this doctrine of regeneration, mm-hmm. of the the nature of God's grace in our lives in forgiving us and in restoring us and transforming us uh, and conforming us to Christ's image, which is what the image of God is all about. That is the telos for which we were created, is to be more like Christ mm-hmm. and to enjoy him and know him better. Yeah, he is the perfect image of the invisible God, and we are becoming like Christ. Um, so that is our... Again. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. just going to say, that's our entry into this conversation. Yeah. Uh, we would love to continue to see it stirred and see what comes of it. So <laughs> and with that in mind, we will sign out and I will say my classic, grace and peace. So we'll see you guys next time. Bye.